Welcome to the Hoppy Retirement Show, featuring Amy Marks course from KMOX and Jeff Sachs with Sachs Financial. Now, Amy and Jeff and the Hoppy Retirement Show. Okay, Jeff, what you just opened is making me shake in my boots right now because it's a sour. It is. And I'm nervous about this. So I was nervous about this episode. Uh, but the good news is I, I'm in good company. We've got Jeff right here. And of course, I know people are going to be shocked to hear this, but it's our all-time All-star. favorite Special guest. Special guest. Jill Sachs. <laughs> Sachs Wealth Management. I am glad to be here again, though. This is my favorite. Well, I'm glad you're here because, I mean, misery loves company. That's what I was going to say. You needed some backup because I know how much you love sour beer. And so I wanted to make sure somebody was here to support you Mm -hmm. when you tried this beer. Yeah, because I just as setting the table a bit, I was traumatized by the worst sour beer I've ever had in my life. It was in Boulder, Colorado. And I, I won't describe what it tasted like, but I mean, I took one sip and I was green. Yeah, you swore off sour beers forever. I did. Yeah. Right. Well, you got to get back up on the horse, right? Ooh, okay. So we're going to do that today. Today is all about risk because sour beers are risky to make. Uh, they were the original beer. If you think about what it was like when when they were coming up with this concept of how can we ferment something and and create some alcohol well there was not cultured yeast there wasn't a modern process they basically took grain put it outside put some water in it and hoped it would ferment and just hoped that the right bacteria the right yeast would come together to make a magical product because that sounds like a bad idea, doesn't right. it? Like it does. wanting something to go bad I, so I, that it's good. I just wonder how many people, like very early on, drank this and said, "Oh, this tastes good," and then didn't revive from it. You know, <laughs> like there's a lot of bad bacteria out there. It reminds me of the. How do they know? How do they find out which mushrooms are okay to eat and which ones aren't? Right. I, I feel was like thinking the same right. thing. That yep. was pretty risky. That was a risky business. A mushroom taster. So don't get me started on durian fruit. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? that's the. The yeah. stinky, yeah. yeah. I don't know who decided to eat that. But anyway, we're, we're going to talk about sour beers because I think uh, this beer style is really interesting. And it really came back with modern uh, brewing. Um, as we, you know, breweries started making ales and lagers and porters and adding all sorts of stuff in there, all of a sudden this idea of sour beer came back. And sour beers uh, uh, needed that modern twist because what they've done is they've taken the lactobacillus, which is the yogurt um, bacteria, and figured out how to make that in the lab, obviously for yogurt and stuff, but also put it into beer and can control it. Um, a newer uh, a newer additive is, um, and I'm going to say it wrong, so I wrote it down, um, is called um, Brettanomyces, if I said that right. But it's shortened to Brett, and it adds a little bit of funkiness to the sour. The beer we're trying today does not have that kind of funky um, uh, flavor because I didn't want to scare you too much. Thank uh, you. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> I, only yeah. a little bit of risk. And so yeah, when yeah. we're talking about risk in beer, I thought it was natural to just talk a little bit about the risk inherent to financial planning. And when you're making the choices and do you know mm. if you have all your risks covered or the ones that we can cover is your plan, does your plan have that? Uh, And so Jill's here. She's going to talk about that as well. We're going to try some beer. So this beer is an interesting beer. Jill and I like to collaborate together when it comes to uh, the clients that I meet with. She brings uh, a perspective 
to every to all of our meetings when we meet. And the same thing with this beer. It's made by Third Wheel Brewing Company, uh, and they had this sour beer that they made. And the guys over at Beer Sauce, which we can talk about Beer Sauce, but um, they're a craft brew shop, but they also have barbecue and uh, hot sauces. Uh, not that I want to plug for them, but they tried the beer and said, hey, guys, you know it would be great if we added a few things in there. And so they suggested putting some fruit, which adds some tartness mm-hmm. and some sourness, into the beer that was already made. And that's what we're going to try. So this is a collab beer from Third Wheel and Beer Sauce. Oh, so okay. here we go. Now, uh, as you're drinking it, I'm going to smell it a little bit. It smells a little grapefruity. It doesn't smell too sour. Um, it's light-ish in color, kind of like a golden yellow. Okay, just tasted and, it. Yep, you're making the face. I'm making the face, <laughs> but it's, okay, this is very confusing because I'm like puckering as if it yeah. doesn't taste good, but it's actually yep. delicious. Mm-hmm. I'm shocked. I'm greatly relieved. Mm-hmm. You have but to this go is a sour. Yeah, this is a sour I would order. It's yep. a It's a really... Really bright taste, but why am I? Uh, yeah, I feel like, it in the back of my mouth. It's like you're you you drank sweet tarts almost. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love the citrus undertone in there too. Yep. And it it really uh, so when we when we're drinking it now, I'm having a hard time talking because it kind of activates the back part of your tongue and makes my my uh, the back of my jaw want to just like clench shut, <laughs> but kind of in a good way, you know. I mean, like it's exciting and kind of risky to drink because mm-hmm. I'm like, is it going to be good? Is it going to be too sour? And then you drink it and you're like, wow, this tastes pretty good. Honest to goodness, it is really good. Mm-hmm. And again, that, that face you make, you're right. It's like a sweet tart. Sweet yep. tarts are addicting, but you. Like salivate a little bit. Mm-hmm. Kind of refreshing, though. Yes. I, I could drink this on a warm day for sure. I'm so relieved. <laughs> you guys have no idea the fear and trepidation I had for today's podcast. I, I think Ooh. the reason why you like it is because we've talked about this in several episodes before. This one has a little bit of lactose in it. So it may be that that creaminess is calming it down. We've talked about cream beers mm-hmm. and cream soda. So we, we have that in there to kind of mellow things out. And I think what they did with this beer is they said, you know what, we're going to take a little bit of risk, but we're going to make sure we got our bases covered. And so when it comes to risk and financial planning, there are so many ways that we can talk about this. And it's the number one thing that I notice with my clients is that they come in and they say, uh, should I be taking a lot of risk? Mm-hmm. How much risk am I taking? Do I have enough risk? And and I kind of think, I don't know, Jill, do you think that's sort of the wrong question to be asking? Well, I think that, um, you know, that seems very specific to investment risk. And of course, we could do a two-hour podcast on all the possible different risks you could have. Let us know if you want us to. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, here's what's coming next. But um, I do think that talking about investment risk is a really good place to start. And we do have a lot of people who come in and they ask about, you know, what their risk profile should be Mm -hmm. or and we do some exercises to try and figure out what that is. And then we contrast that to what they have in their portfolio. And it is not the same. It's (laughs) it's shocking. Yeah, I I relate it to um, when I'm talking to people, I I relate it to going to the casino or the boats. Right. If you go into the casino, you if you go, you don't go there with all of your money, the deed to your house your car, all of the money in your 401k and all the money in your bank account, you go there with what? The money you're willing to lose. That's right. And so what we try and get across to our clients is it's okay to have that that market risk, that investment risk, but not with all of your money because you can't accomplish the goal of making sure that your retirement plan is successful if, if the markets go down. We have clients that have so much money in the market 
And they're like, oh, well, I'll be okay because stock markets always go up and I'll be fine because of blah, blah, blah. And we try and say, look, your goal was I never want to have to worry about money. I never want to have to be go back to work. I, I never want to have to have a burden on my kids. And by taking way too much risk and not having a plan, that's exactly what could happen. Okay. So the sour that you brought in, it was a very calculated risk. You knew my background, my experience and said, this is the one for you. How do I know what's the right amount or what type of risk that is right from my plan? Does age come into play? I mean, how do I know what's the right amount of risk for me? Well, we we can start with uh, a basic rule of thumb. Uh, and I think this is a good exercise for anybody to do. Uh, it's questioning how much risk they have in their financial portfolio is the rule of 100. And it's a simple rule. It says you take 100 uh, minus your age and get a number. And that number is sort of your starting risk number as to how much of your portfolio can be at risk. So, for example, if you're 60 years old, you subtract that from 100 and you get 40. That means 40% of your portfolio, it's okay to have at risk in the market and, and take advantage of it. And there's a lot of great reasons to do that because of inflationary risk and we want to take advantage of the ups of the market. But we also want to make sure that we've got a foundation of money that we know we're not going to lose so that we can create the income and do all of the things that we want to do. I would 100% agree. And that is such a great starting point for people to um, start thinking about how they want to approach their own risk. And of course, there's other factors to consider. When are you going to need the money? We call that time horizon. How long will it be before you need to access this money? Because then you're looking at, you know, how much time, how much volatility can you tolerate? How What roller coaster ride are you willing to take between now and when you're going to need that money? Do you ever have clients who come come in who think that they're not being risky or think that they're being safe and then you find out mm -mm, this is this is a really risky portfolio I would say almost I'm not going to say 100% of the time but oh, wow. it is really? it is amazing when we work with people and they're like oh yeah you know I I'm a conservative investor and so I only invest in blah 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 but the the conversation we have is that you don't realize if you're investing that way that a hundred percent of your portfolio, even in a conservative portfolio, is at risk for 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 market fluctuation. And if the market goes down, which the stock market for all intents and purposes over the last 10, 11 years has done nothing but go up. So we forget that it can go the opposite way. What goes up must go down, right? And so um, it's just amazing to me to see how much risk people take. Yeah, we've had clients come in who definitely uh, think that they are being conservative, but they are they have a lot of risk exposure. And so yeah. we're able to um, help them understand, you know, money that you're going to use in the nearer term. Mm -hmm. How do you eliminate or reduce the risk for that part of your money? Money that you're going to use 30 years from now, you can go ahead and be as risky as you're comfortable with. So it's about your tolerance for risk, your life stage. There's a lot of factors that can go into that. You know, it's really interesting that you mentioned people not realizing how risky their portfolio is because I feel like the very idea of a risk is something that you're willing to take, meaning you know about it. It's deliberate. But if you have risky areas and you don't know it, that's a vulnerability. I mean, that that's that's you being exposed because you didn't know you were taking that risk and maybe you don't want to take that risk. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and Part of the reason why we're so we keep using this word plan is because we want to try and eliminate any of those vulnerabilities, right? We want to we want to look at what your goals are, what you're trying to accomplish, how you can live your best life, and then put all that on a plan 
to eliminate any of those, that any of that exposure, minimize the risks that you have so that we can be successful. I know this is a, a big question and not enough time, but what would be a key way to mitigate risks? Well, I think there's a few things you can do. One of them is diversify your portfolio. Of course, people do that through mutual funds by buying a group of stocks because you can eliminate a bunch of different risks. You can also diversify across different kinds of market sectors and get a variety of different types of companies in your portfolio. And then you can diversify across financial products, and that helps you um, get a bunch of different function, different functioning investments in your portfolio helps you kind of spread out the risk across a bunch of different areas. And also use some of that uh, instead of just putting it in the market to have it grow, also getting rid of um, the income risk, right? One of the big concerns that we have in retirement is running out of money. Yeah. I call right. it, uh, you know, almost messing up. Like you live too long and you spent all your money. <laughs> oh, right. No. Yeah. Right. That, that, that's a concern yeah. that people have. And, and a lot of times I run into people that say, well, I can't use this money. I can't do anything with it because it's sort of the just in case retirement plan. My kids might need it or I might need it. So I don't want to do these things. I don't want to buy a house. I don't want to buy a, a go on a trip. I don't want to buy a boat. I don't want to enjoy my retirement because I might need this money because all my money's at risk. And what we're trying to do is eliminate that because ultimately what we want is for people to enjoy their retirement. You know, and that was something that like kind of revolutionized the way I looked at retirement money is so often we talk of it in terms of a lump sum, but you're talking about income planning, like how much money do you need monthly? Look at this in a monthly way, not just one big giant number. Right. How great would that be if you woke up every day and knew that you had money coming in mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. you didn't have to worry about putting money at risk in the stock market so that you had the money to, to pay the bills every month. Ultimately, our goal is to change that conversation and make it not about the assets that you have. Yes, you need to have money to be able to put a plan together to have a good retirement, but it's not about how much money you have. It's about the income you have, that money that comes in. So when we're trying to get rid of the risk the biggest risk in retirement is that income risk. And we want to look at where the assets are and create the income plan so that you have the money to live today, but also so that it grows with that inflationary risk so that you have enough money tomorrow in five years and 10 years. Because retirement today, I have clients that retire in their early 60s. They could live 30 or 40 years in retirement. So the income they need today is not what they're going to need you know, 30 years mm -hmm. from now. Well, if people want to talk to you more, if they have questions about this, they can call you yes. at 314-266-9845 and come at you with any questions they have. That's right. They can call us. Um, they, you can also text message at that number uh, and you can email us. Um, my email is jeff at saxfinancial.com, S-A-C-H-S financial.com. And of course, don't miss a single episode of the Hoppy Retirement Podcast. If we made it through this one, if I made it through the sours, we can make it through anything. KMOX.com slash retirement.